Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. And they are here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. Have you had a leaky roof? We did, and it was a nightmare. But through Angie, we found an amazing roofer who specialized in flat roofs, and he fixed it right and quickly. Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The app and website are both free to use. That's Angie.com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Back, Tom Hartman here with you. I want to get into uh, what's going on with Florida with this uh, abortion ban. It's getting weird out there. This is out of uh, Judd Legum's popular uh, .info newsletter. Florida Representative Webster Barnaby, a Republican, Florida state representative, state legislator, has introduced basically the Florida clone of the Texas so-called heartbeat law. There is no heart to beat at six weeks of pregnancy. There are some cells there that are pulsing, but they're, it's, it, literally the heart has not formed. You're talking about something that is the size of a grain of rice with a little tiny tail on it. But in any case, that, that so-called heartbeat bill there, he's introducing it into Florida, complete with the $10,000 bounty. Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, has signaled that he is uh, open to this. He said, and I quote, I've always been somebody that really does support protections for life, right? Nikki Freed, who is one of two people who are probably going to be one of, either she or this, uh, the former congressperson, she's the Agriculture Commission, the Florida Agriculture Commissioner, the most senior statewide elected Democratic official in the state. She's been on this program a couple of times. Nikki Freed is running for governor also. She's less enthusiastic. She says this bill is dangerous radical and unconstitutional, the hypocrisy of this attempt by Governor DeSantis and Republicans in the state legislature to take away our rights, while at the same time preaching my body, my choice when it comes to wearing masks, is absolutely disgusting. So who is Webster Barnaby, this guy who is proposing this? Well, he's the guy who says, I thank God Donald Trump has been raised again and been given an extension of life. This was, uh, you know, after uh, Trump got uh, Iver, not ivermectin, what is the uh, monoclonal antibodies, Re Regeneron. 
And he says, tonight you'll see evidence of a strong man, Donald J. Trump, a man who's recovered. Remove fear from this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, he's, by the way, being bankrolled by uh, Comcast, NBC Universal, Duke Energy, Greenberg Trauer, Next Era Energy, McGuire Woods, and State Farm. According to Judd Legum's newsletter, he's reached out to all those companies saying, are you sure you want to be giving money to this guy? And they've all said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Meanwhile, over in Texas, uh, they want to take it a step farther. And now that they've got their ban on abortions, basically all abortions, let's remember, as AOC pointed out, six weeks pregnant means two weeks after you've missed your period. And some period, you know, for some women, it's just that's, you know, periods are just irregular. How do you even know that you're pregnant? But in any case, by Keith D.B. over at DailyCoes.com. Republican Texas lawmakers want to provide for the execution of women who have abortions and the doctors who provide them. Texas Republican Representative Brian Slayton has introduced a law called the Abolition of Abortion Through Equal Protection for All Unborn Children Act. And basically what it does is it says from the moment of fertilization, An egg is fully human, and the termination of that pregnancy is murder. And the bill expressly says that Chapter 19 of the Texas Penal Code can be used against women who have abortions. Chapter 19 of the Texas Penal Code is criminal homicide, which provides for, in the case of criminal homicide of a person under 10, the death penalty. And his proposed Texas law to put women to death who have abortions says that it shall be enforced, quoting from his law, regardless of any contrary federal statute, regulation, treaty, order, or court decision. In fact, if you uh, pick up a woman from getting an abortion and drive her home, you could be charged with abetting murder for driving the getaway car and while you probably wouldn't be put to death under this law, you could spend the rest of your life in prison. See, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Now, there's also legislation in Texas to ban the, the morning after pill. And I guarantee you, you know, within a few weeks you're going to see, or as, if this stands within a year, you will certainly see legislation to ban hormonal birth control because the egg gets fertilized up in the fallopian tubes and if you're on hormonal birth control, that egg doesn't stick into the uterus. It doesn't implant and therefore begin to grow into a zygote and then a fetus because the hormonal birth control prevents that stickiness, as it were. It you know, prevents the uterus from being a convenient or an appropriate place for, it to, for, for that fertilized egg to stick. But by these definitions, Hormonal birth control is abortion, and the Catholic Church has been promoting this for years and years. They are totally opposed. Well, they're, they're opposed to all forms of birth control because, you know, in their mind, the moment that you get married, you're just supposed to, you know, women are just supposed to be baby machines. Susan in Alsip, Illinois. Hey, Susan, what's on your mind today? This is from 20 years ago. And in the blue state of Illinois, I had a female co-worker and I, we were talking about abortion, and I said, if you outlaw abortion, women are going to use coat hangers and die again from it. And she replied, 
very angrily, then they deserve to die. And wow. that's what we're dealing with. There are women, and I nowadays, even on Facebook, I'm always getting into it with women about saving the little babies. I think they really go down the rabbit hole of thinking these little cluster of cells are precious little babies and we have to save them. Right. It's uh, anthropomorphism, <laughs> you know, ascribing, uh, you know, fully conscious human qualities to a bundle of cells. And we do the same thing with the gods that we create. Susan, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, okay. thank yeah, you, Tom. Yeah. It's point, point made very, 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 and made very well. Thank you. Tom in North Hollywood, California. Hey, Tom, thanks for listening to WRRD. What's up? Hey, Tom. First off, we the people are the government, and we must never forget that. That's um, the point. Second, I'm listening to you on double radio out of Wisconsin, uh, mm-hmm. Madison, Wisconsin, uh, on their app. So I want to oh, give cool. them a shout out to you because they're the only progressive radio station in all of Wisconsin. Third, I want to say, you know, Tom, we talk about this messaging. I really believe that we're missing the boat on this messaging with a woman's right to choose versus big government's right to choose. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women out there, a lot of women out there that choose to actually carry a uh, pregnancy to term. So why we keep getting involved in this whole life versus death thing, I don't understand because to me, it's about either a woman makes a choice and the woman can either choose to carry it to term or not carry it to term, or it's about the government telling us, we the people being the government, I don't think we the people have a say in what a woman has to do with her body and with her yeah. uh, spouse or the person that got her pregnant or whatever. It's their choice. Yeah, Re- about choice. reframing it as a woman's that. choice versus big government's choice. Which one do you want? Exactly. You know, but the problem That's is exactly the right. the uh, forced birth crowd would say, you know, that this is one of those rare exceptions where big government is uh, what, exactly what we want and we like. Um, so, but Tom, we have to we have to at a progressive level, and we as people have to start framing it that way. Yeah. Because I know from being indoctrinated in the Catholic faith from a very young age and wearing the little fetus thing on my coat and all that kind of stuff that they had to do, which was a big dogmatic thing that happened back then, um, because they've been at this now for 40 years, as you know, or more. Um, But somehow they got that word pro-life. We need to take that word pro-life back, because we are against wars. We are against the death penalty. We are against, um, you know... What happened in 1974, Tom? In 1974, the pro-life movement, and it had been for 30 years or longer, it had been for my entire lifetime at that point, the pro-life movement, when you said, you know, I was, I'm a member of the pro-life movement, everybody understood that you were one of those people who was opposed to the death penalty. You were one of those people who protested every time there was a, a state-sanctioned uh, execution. That was the pro-life movement. And the anti-abortion people just took the word. They just took the phrase and made it their own. Yeah. They sure did, and the opposite of pro-life is pro-death. Let's be honest about it. But really what it is is it's pro a woman's right to choose, and there has to be a noun on the other side, which is pro-big government's right to choose. Yeah, I get and it. I really hope that we start framing it that way, because a woman doesn't necessarily choose to terminate a pregnancy. And that way those people, in fact, I would say 80%, 90% of the women choose to actually carry a child to term. Yeah. So we really need to stop this with this, this pro, you know, this idea of abortion because 
even that word has been, you know, really, really misused. So yeah. it's pro a woman's right to choose or pro the government's right to choose. Yeah, got it. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you also being in glpages.com as always. Thank you. Oh, hey, Tom. Thank you. Ann in Alameda, California. Hey, Ann, what's on your mind today? Hey, I'm thinking of this Texas law as a wonderful opportunity for harassment, slander, and extortion. Yeah, okay, here's the scene. Let's say I live in Texas and I'm an engineer working for a big company, big, read deep pockets, and my boss sends me to L.A. for a couple of days uh, to go work with a client. Now, our CEO is a big, important person and has some enemies. So one of these bad actors that wants to do bad things to my companies contacts this group of whistleblower activists and says, okay, guys, here's a 1000 bucks. I want you to file a lawsuit against this company claiming that they sent her, they paid her ticket to, to California to have an abortion. Hmm. They can even invent a fictitious, nosy neighbor of mine who knows I had an abortion and, of course, couldn't possibly know which clinic I went to in L.A. And, of course, her identity has to be protected because the nasty corporation might might retaliate against her. Now, what is the court supposed to do with this? How is the judge? Because these are not prosecutors that are supposed to go into court with an ironclad case. These are not even lawyers who can be disbarred if they come into court with a complete B.S. case like uh, Sidney Powell and the Kraken. So how is it, whose responsibility is, to, is it to investigate? Who has the burden of proof? Yeah. My company lawyers drag me into court as a witness. I'm not the victim here. I'm a witness. And I say, Your Honor, I wasn't pregnant. And the activists say, well, of course she's going to lie. Everybody that has an abortion lies about it. What is the court supposed to do? This is a mess. And yeah. it doesn't take much imagination to see the opportunity here for slander against my employer and extortion. I, 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 and, and I, first of all, just just to clarify, uh, you would have th that trip that you take would have to be instead of going from, uh, let's say, f you know, Fort Worth to Los Angeles, it would have to be like Fort Worth to Houston because uh, out of state abortions are not included in this law. And I think that they did that very carefully. Um, because uh, are you sure they did that very, very carefully? Uh, yeah. And the reason why I think they did it very carefully is because all these white men who are who wrote this law. And uh, many of them have mistresses who get knocked up from time to time, and they want to make sure that they can still get an abortion, right? This, this law is not going to affect wealthy white women. This, this, this law is only going to affect people who can't afford to travel out of state. So there's a huge out-of-state exception built into this law, number one. But number two, if you travel to another city, yes, you know, I mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And, and I think that it's going to be uh, fascinating. The first... The first one of these lawsuits to drop, and, and I'm surprised that there hasn't been one at this point, but the first one of these lawsuits that drops is going to tell us how this all plays out. And it's <laughs> going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating. And i got to move well, you on. You could certainly stimulate a media circus with it. There you go. Thank you very much for the call. It's great to okay. hear from you. Chris in Redding, California. Hey, Chris, what's on your mind? I think that our side needs to get a little more aggressive about how we use language. And I think we should stop calling the group pro-life and call them pro-fetus or pro-zygote and uh, do that in the media and do it consistently. And, and like you say, take back the word uh, pro-life for uh, anti-death uh, because people on their side really aren't pro-life. Once a fetus is born, they could care less about it. And uh, actually, the new people are pretty nihilistic. And then the, the effect of the law in Texas is going to be that women are going to die when they could 
otherwise have a safe and legal procedure. And so we need to talk, start talking about femicide and talk about uh, killing females, yeah, uh, whether, that's the intent the, uh, whether that's the intent or the effect of these laws. We need to be pretty brutal and direct in our language, I think. Yeah, femicide. It's been a long time since I've heard that word, but um, it's exactly what, what we're talking about. It's exactly what we're talking about. Um, amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. I, I appreciate the call, Chris. Linda in California City, California. Hey, Linda, what's up? Hi, Tom. This horrible Texas law is not just about women. Very little girls, as young as 9 and 10, can sometimes become pregnant. You're right. At that age, most pelvic bones are not even close to being sufficiently matured to carry and deliver a baby. Some of these children, especially because their abusers will prevent it, will not see a doctor until it's too late. Yep. A direct result of this law is going to be that little girls, especially low-income, black and brown and undocumented little girls, are going to die an awful death. This has got to be stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Linda. And, um, you know, I, I suspect it will be. Um, but if it's not, we are rapidly sliding into two Americas in a, in a very literal sense, where, where state boundaries, state borders become as consequential in many regards as the border between the United States and Canada or the border between the United States and Mexico. And then you wonder, you know, is, is uh, Texas going to put up a wall to keep their women in? How best to deal with these crazies or these suckers or these rubes or these, in many cases, I think very well-intentioned people. Do you have people like this in your life? How do you deal with them? Linda in Auburn, Washington. Hey, Linda, what's on your mind today? The issue of pro-life versus pro-choice and also looking at the concept of pro-God versus some people want to just put goodness as a ultimate value. But the problem with that is some people's goodness might be different than other people's. Some people might decide we don't need all these people. So if we put, even if people don't fully believe in a conscious being called God or self-existent one or Jesus, the idea of putting this parent-like figure above our society that loves everyone like a parent loves so that no human is less than another human, and that I feel I want to just put that forward as a, um, you know, possibility to frame frame things in that way. Yeah. That and work with China and Russia because we need to stop wars and feed everyone. This will be a way. You Linda, know, if, if I may, I, I only have ten seconds. You're def- what you're doing. What you're describing is George Lakoff's dichotomy. He said that Republicans. Conservatives generally view the world through the strict parent model, and in this case, in the case that you're talking about, that strict parent is God. Um, Progressives, liberals, Democrats generally view the world through the nurturing family model. You know, we're all in this together, we're all here for each other. And in that case, that would be the religion, you know, And, and I think you're describing kind of the difference between the Puritans and the Quakers, essentially. 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Jan in Etna Green, Indiana. Hey, Jan, what's on your mind today? I'd like to give my two cents worth on the abortion issue. Paul, you can force a woman to have a baby. You cannot force her to become a mother. According to what reports you read, I've read that there have been 40 million to 60 million children aborted in this country. I don't know which is true. Well, none of them were uh, children, let's be clear, Jan. They were, they were uh, all fetuses or my, zygotes or uh, all of them. My, my mistake, my mistake. I, I apologize. 40 to 60 million Abortions. fetuses were, have been aborted. Um, but then if these children are forced to be born, then that opens up sort of a whole new industry for the rich. These children that are unwanted can't be afforded or can't be taken care of will then become wards of the state. And that leaves open for a whole new complex uh, for the rich to become richer by taking these children and housing them. So instead of just, just making money on private prisons, they'll now make money on, on private, uh, they'll probably call them boarding schools. Um, in, they used to call them foundling homes because they were children who were just dumped on the doorstep, you know, foundlings. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And as in every case, follow the money. Yeah, amazing. Jan, thank you. Christine in Lexington, South Carolina. Hey, Christine, what's up? I haven't heard anybody discuss, and I might have missed it, the morning after pill. I think as a stopgap until some of these things get filtered through court, and they lose, that we ought to be t- encouraging supplies of the morning-after pill, yeah. which is not an abortion pill because the um, the egg has not implanted at that point. Well, by the definitions and, of the Catholic Church, it is an abortion pill, and, yeah, and well, therefore Texas wrong. is trying to criminalize them right now. Well, that's wrong. I mean, it's not yeah. an abortion pill I get it. medically. So anyway, if I was living in Texas and fertile age, I certainly would be stocking up. Mm. And I don't know that if these Planned Parenthood agencies are able to give that out, because that wouldn't fall under the abortion laws it's written. Is that not correct? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, but but I, I but I do know that there's a big effort. There, there's a big effort yeah. right now. I mean, there's been an effort all along to criminalize sure, sure. Plan B, which right. is the, the morning after pill. There's also right. an effort to criminalize regular hormonal birth control pills because the real fanatics in the forced birth movement suggest that because those pills prevent 
uh, they also prevent implantation, you know, that they are also producing abortions. This whole thing of when life begins, I mean, we just need to get back to, you know, fetal viability right. as the standard. Christine, thank you very much. Forrest in Portland, Maine. Hey, Forrest, you're getting a lot of noise here. Hi, What's Tom. up? I'm a Baptist pastor and I'm pro-choice. And, you know, I know the Texas law, it's about controlling women. Uh, but I'm just curious, you know, why the, the moderates that, that may be the moderate Republicans that are supporting this Texas abortion law, why they don't follow the science and see that birth control and democratic administrations, uh, sex education, these are what drop abortion rates. If they really you, want to stop Did you know, abortion. Forrest, in Texas, it is a crime for a teacher to tell students about birth control pills, that they even exist? I did, and, and in, in Maine, I'm very fortunate to have had sex education in the public school system. Yeah, but not in Texas. I mean, in Texas, they have, no. they have you know, uh, Reagan rolled out this thing in 1982 as a nationwide program, the abstinence-only sex education that only mentions the fact that if you have sex before you're married, you're, you're vulnerable to disease. In fact, they call it the, the, the sex safety law or something like that. You're vulnerable to disease, and no man will ever want to marry you. And that has been adopted by lots and lots of states. It was stopped in 2010. The funding for that program was stopped by Barack Obama. It was picked up by Trump, and he tripled the budget in 20-whatever-the-year was, 2017, I think it was. And, uh, and it's still running. And that's the kind of thing that they're teaching in Texas, is abstinence only. And abstinence only sex Ridiculous. education, oh, it, it, it produces unwanted pregnancies. I mean, we know this. Yes. It's, it's not, you know, so, and like I said, it's not going to affect the wealthy white guys who are passing this law or their wives or their mistresses, because they'll just hop on a plane. And, and like, you know, it used to be abortion, pre-73, abortion was legal in New York and Nevada. People used to go to other states to get abortions. That's what's going to happen now. Forrest, thank you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Jerry in San Francisco. Hey, Jerry, what's on your mind today? <laughs> Everything that you just said, <laughs> because I was going <laughs> to do a less effective rant than you just did. But I think you made the point that I was going to try to make here by saying that we have to look at Texas, South Dakota, Florida, all those places as not part of the United States any longer. And they're not part of the United States because of what you just said. They're psychically taken away from us. They didn't secede on per, uh, physically. They did it um, illegally and uh, psychically, as I just said. Yeah. And, you know, I think we should set up some stuff that would countervalence those people. And that one is to set up an underground railroad and get some of the women who have bounties on their heads who want an abortion or want just freedom to get out of there. And, and help them out of those states. I think uh, the federal yeah. government should, should rearrange taxes that, uh, for example, I live in California, sending, the, sending their money down to Mississippi and Alabama, and who knows where that money actually goes. Yep. Uh, take that money and then set up ways to get doctors, teachers, nurses, and anybody else who wants to get out of those states because they're not part of the United States anymore, and a lot of those people in those states know it. Well, and here's here's the problem with that, Jerry. Here, you know, if yeah. if we were to encourage a uh, a reverse migration, as it were, you know, a migration out yeah. of red states into blue states, um, and I, actually, the but some blue states are growing. You know, here in uh, hmm. Oregon, we're going to get a new congressional district because we're growing. Um, but also, there's a bunch of red states that are growing because it's cheap to live there. People who are on a fixed income, they're on social security or 
or they can work from home. They're moving to some of the red states just because it's cheaper. But if we were to successfully encourage them to leave those states, we would be creating within our own country sacrifice zones that could come back to bite us. I mean, we're, you know, we bombed and invaded and occupied Afghanistan for 20 years because it was the second poorest country in the world and thus easy pickings for bin Laden to set up al-Qaeda there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think if we just say to hell with them all, uh, that, you know, we're, we're just inviting homegrown al-Qaeda's here. Well, I think that's I mean, I understand your sentiment. But. With, you know, <laughs> September 18th is, we, is what we got. We haven't really fought back at these people at all. Yeah. I mean, when the people raided on January 6th, most of them are getting suspended sentences and, and put a, you know, something on their uh, ankle. For oh, a, and there was 10,000 people there, and they've arrested 500 of them. Right, and so that's what I'm talking about. We've already done this. This is these guys are so empowered because we haven't stopped them once. And when you have a law that says you have you have no more chance to choose what you do with your body, and then say you're going to have to get, take it, take that fetus to full term and give birth if your if your father raped you or you got raped by somebody else, and then put a bounty on your head. You just said it in the beginning. This is not part of the United States any longer. Those states have chosen to secede, and we need to come up with, I don't know, what should Biden say? I think think the flip flip side is going to happen, Jerry. And, I, you know, of course, I'm a perpetual optimist, but I think what's going to happen is a lot of these guys, they've gone so far that in the 2022 election, they're going to get wiped out, just like they did, uh, you know, back in the 2018 midterms. I hope. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com Hartman. That's netsuite.com Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Jay in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Jay, thanks for watching us on Free Speech. What's up? The Supreme Court does not have any uh, right to legislate from the bench. But they've been doing it for 200 years, Jay. Yeah, but we need to get more Supreme Court justices on there so we can fight back. Do you remember when we lost with Gore? (laughs) We don't need to go back to that and then decide in the next election. What am I missing? What did we lose with Gore? What do you mean? Uh, About uh, three days after 9-11 in the back pages of, I think it was the New York Times, it said how Gore actually did win on the numbers. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was published, I think, on November 17th. 
and I fear we're heading towards another one. Yeah. 2024. Oh, yeah. They're doing everything they can to steal the election. You've got 16 or 17 states now that have changed their election laws um, to yeah. make it easier for people with militia garb and guns to come into polling places and intimidate people, that make it easier for the election officials to decide which votes to count and which yeah. not, or essentially who gets provisional ballots and who doesn't, and provisional ballots are you know usually not counted. Correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Roosevelt have 13 Supreme Court justices? He upped it. I know it's been done before. Maybe yeah, you're, you're wrong. No, uh, Franklin Roosevelt proposed that. What, and, and what happened was he, there was so much public support, and I know that this is not what you will find when you try to Google this on the Internet, but if you actually read the newspapers of the time or the biographies of the time, as opposed to how everything's being rewritten on, on the Internet and Wikipedia and everything else, Roosevelt was very popular at that time, and when he proposed, what he proposed was there were nine people on the Supreme Court. That we, we ended up with that number after uh, Ulysses Grant, after uh, Andrew Johnson left the White House. Uh, Grant uh, took the Supreme Court back up to nine. They had shrunk it down because they didn't want Johnson to be able to appoint anybody. Um, you know, after Lincoln was assassinated, and Grant took it up to nine, and it's been there ever since. But. What FDR proposed to do, he at the time, out of those nine people, my recollection, I could be wrong, it's in my book on the Supreme Court, uh, but it's been two years since I wrote that book, but my recollection is that there were five members of the court at that time who were over 70, and what FDR proposed was that all the members who are over 70 collectively have one vote. They be called uh, members emeritus, they're still on the court, they still hear arguments, but all five of them have one vote and then four new members would be added to make up for the, you know, so to take it back to nine total votes. And uh, that was his so-called court packing scheme. And it was so popular that uh, Justice, uh, Justice Owen Roberts, who was the leader of, they called them the four horsemen, the, the, the guys who were always striking down Franklin Roosevelt's laws, uh, you know, the, the most fanatic of the right wingers. Uh, Owen Roberts changed his vote on, on the American Reconstruction Act, which included Social Security, or it was on the edge of including Social Security. And that was basically when the dam broke. That was when the Supreme Court stopped being obstructionist. That was in 1937. And they did that because they didn't want Franklin Roosevelt to do this, and there was a very good chance it would pass Congress. I mean, FDR was still a very, very popular guy. And Joe Biden may well be rolling out something very similar to that. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but we need it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Jay, thank you for the call. Although, rather than having it, you know, replace the oldest members, I think, we, you know, uh, we had, our, the population of the United States was something like 40 or 50 million. I mean, it was very small back, you know, when Ulysses S. Grant was president. And we had nine members of the court. We're 340 million people now. We need a larger court. Michael in Bangor, Maine, here, it says you want to disagree with me about something, Michael. What's up? Tom, I think recently, didn't the Portland City Council and also Ted Wheeler support a kind of a boycott of uh, Texas? It or, hasn't. Uh, I don't think it's been done yet. They were talking about it. I mean, I haven't read the Oregonian in the last two days, so maybe I missed something. But, uh, but, but everybody's been on vacation. Um, they were talking about not sending anybody down there. And Dan Patrick, the lieutenant governor of Texas, um, referred to Portland as a dumpster fire city and made fun of us. Well, Texas <laughs> needs to be embarrassed, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, there you and, go. Uh, and, they, you know, even if a national boycott gets out there, all the blue states say, look, why should we do business with a state that doesn't uh, respect women? 
I mean, that should be a meme. We need memes going out there. There needs to be memes every day that embarrass Texas and, and, and economically hurt them. I mean, they need to be hurt by this because, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are good people in Texas, of course, but when your state is controlled by these right-wing fanatics that are intent on just demonizing and hurting women, poor women, yeah. I mean, that just cannot stand nationally. It just cannot stand. There's so a- I think any type, any type of attempt to, to, to embarrass them nationally with a boycott or something where you, they can economically get hurt that's that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, over on I, I'm pretty sure it was on Daily Kos, and let me just take a quick look and see if I've uh, if I can quickly find it. Maybe not. Um, it was they 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 came up with who were uh, what companies were the major supporters of the the uh, Texas uh, law, basically, you know, the Texas anti-abortion law. And right. what they found was that it was AT and T. Uh, was the largest supporter. Now, I can't verify that. You know, this is, quote, something I read on the Internet. So don't take it, you know, as gospel. But if AT&T is your telephone provider, you do have alternatives, and you may want to call AT&T and just ask them, is it true that you uh, corporately are the largest corporate supporter of the Republicans in Texas who passed the anti-abortion law? I'd like to know, so I'd like to know if I should be changing to Sprint or Verizon or T-Mobile or something like that. You know, I, I, I think those kinds of things actually uh, are also going to happen. Mark, thank you for the call. Joan in Rochester, Minnesota. Hey, Joan, what's on your mind today? Thanks for watching Free Speech. My things that I've seen over the years is that babies are born. There are babies born with both sexes. And at one time I had a friend who was going back to her family and her niece who were visiting with the doctor to help decide what sex the doctor would make her baby. And I believe that over the years, this has been a very big disservice to men and women, boys and girls, that a physician has had to make the decision. And I saw one TV show, one ever, where a doctor and parents and a little child, they let grow up a little bit with both those organs to find out what kind of psyche, what kind of either male traits or feminine traits that this baby had before they made a decision to make that child a boy or a girl. And if those things had been done for centuries, then we would not have people who have been punished and shamed and have lived abnormal lives because whatever position at that moment made the wrong decision for them. And I think it's something that's never been talked about, but should be talked about. And people should have a choice. You know, they should know enough if that happens, there should be some kind of a solution instead of just letting it go its way, because a lot of people have suffered over that. And if I hadn't known somebody who had gone through it, I would probably be leery, too. And if I hadn't seen the parents with a child, that they let grow up enough to be able to act in a way that they could tell whether that child had more feminine tendencies than male tendencies or the opposite, we would have so many happier people and so much agony be gone from this world. And I don't know what the solution is, but because there doesn't seem to be any, then people just let it go. And I think it's about time that uh, the people that the physicians should admit that this is what they have done and 
find a solution that is going to make it happy for everybody. Joan, you're describing a medical condition. I I think it might be called hermaphroditism. Yes, it's right. They were born as hermaphrodites. Yeah. Um, you know, born as both sex, but that, that that's such a small minority of people who are, you know, would identify as gay or would identify as trans. I think that there's a whole bunch of factors here, and I think that this is part of our essential humanity. It's uh, it's part of our being animals. Uh, there are gay mammals right. I mean, across every but species. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to be better than those animals because God gave us a brain. And if you would have seen the young people with their little child and when you know people that they look masculine but they're but they're women or they look act feminine and they're men you know that there is something that has happened in their growth and and i and i think we should be doing something about it yeah no i i get what i get what you're saying and i've i've you know read articles and and in fact i saw a program about this years ago and and it's a it's a thing it's 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 real I, i my point is i don't think it's the big thing but it is an issue that you know needs to be dealt with patrick in santa monica hey patrick what's up there was some Christian stuff that was mentioned earlier, uh, like uh, the meteorite that hit Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we, we as Christians have to worry about the attacks on science, that they disbelieve in God. So God can move a meteorite. That's not a problem. The other one you mentioned earlier. Oh, so earlier you're saying Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by an old man in the sky who was pissed off because people were having sex with other people who were not their wives or husbands and no that wasn't the only reason why sodom and gomorrah was destroyed they were sinful and otherwise they were raping children the whole thing about attacking the angel right was that the angels weren't consenting it wasn't about homosexuality it was about rape that's what okay and so that's what that's so that that pissed off that pissed off this guy in the sky and he sent a meteorite that's what you're saying i'm saying that I believe in God, faith-based religion. Why didn't that guy send a meteorite to save the, the Jews from Hitler? Because God doesn't go ahead and fix your bad decisions. But Sodom and Gomorrah were making bad decisions. People, like these people that refuse to wear a mask. Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Yeah, I, you know, Patrick, I think that I, I, I honor your, your right to believe whatever you want. And, uh, and, you know, but I really think we need to separate science and religion. It, it just, it, it doesn't seem like a, a useful uh, conflation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tom Hartman here. Just wanted to give you a heads up that Sue, who works on our newsletter, 
has just been doing an extraordinary job. I, we have an absolutely free newsletter. You can subscribe to it over at TomHartman.com. And every day she puts together what we call Sue's Daily Stack. It's literally a link to every story I have referenced on the air in the program. She compiles these throughout the program and then gets the newsletter together and it goes out an hour or two after the show is off the air. And it's just absolutely extraordinary and something I think you'll find really useful. We also have free podcasts of the program. It boils the whole show down to about an hour. That's available through any of the places where you would normally get your podcasts, and that's free also. We're trying to get the word out. So many ways to communicate these messages. So just check it out at TomHartman.com. Keith Olbermann now blasting Kirsten Cinema. Cinema gave a speech on the floor of the Senate about why she does not think that America should have, that black people in America should have the right to vote. Why it's okay with her that Republicans are, are shutting down voting places in largely black precincts. Why it's okay with her that Native Americans who don't have street addresses will not be allowed to vote. Uh, why it's okay with her that um, you know, people can be intimidated uh, in, their, in their place of voting, why it's okay with her that um, hundreds of thousands of people can be purged from the voting rolls as Brad Raffson-Perger did. You know, over 300,000 people were vote purged from the voting rolls in Georgia just in time for the election um, with Stacey Abrams. Um, it's all fine with her. And she gave a speech explaining why, and this is what she said. She said, quote, we must address the disease itself, the disease of division, to protect our democracy. It cannot be achieved by one party alone. We need robust, sustained strategies that put aside party labels and focus on our democracy because these challenges are bigger than party affiliation. Focus on democracy? We're talking about a damn piece of legislation that ensures democracy. What kind of idiot is this woman? She goes on to say, we must commit to a long-term approach as serious as the problems we seek to solve. How about a long-term approach of letting everybody vote? She goes on to say, one that prioritizes listening and understanding, one that embraces making progress on shared priorities and finding common ground on issues where we hold differing and diverse views. So the guy that you know, really kind of made Kirsten Cinema famous by putting her on the air back when Keith Olbermann was doing his show is, of course, Keith Olbermann. And he just tweeted about this speech. He said, I say this as her former friend and the person who first gave her national television exposure on MSNBC. Senator Cinema needs to resign or be removed from office immediately. Rather than decreasing division in this country, her action guarantees it. Molly Jongfast from The Atlantic is tweeting, uh, why is Kirsten Cinema fake cry talking? Um, and it goes on from there. I, this, is, this is just nuts. Just plain old flat out nuts. Anyhow, picking up your phone calls here, Larry in Los Angeles. Hey, Larry, what's on your mind today? I have been calling Right Wing Talk Radio for the last 18 years or so. Oh, my. And when I first started calling, they actually um, welcomed me because they were of the opinion that they were winning elections because they had better arguments. But uh, over time, what, what started happening is they started limiting the amount of times they would take my call. Eventually, they um, uh, 
just banned me for life. And so I, from there, I went to the Internet mm-hmm. and started going on news programs where they allow people to make comments. And there was a robust um, um, debate on those websites until people like myself started winning all of the arguments. And then the news outlets started cutting, getting rid of their, their uh, website so that we couldn't even talk anymore. Right, closing the comment sections. But, yeah. Right, they didn't limit the comment sections. I do, in, the, I in, their, in their defense, Larry, let me just toss real quickly and, uh, and then you can continue. Um, we had to shut down the comment section over at TomHartman.com about three years ago, and it wasn't because of robust debate. It was because we were being absolutely overwhelmed with trolls, many right, of Bob. which we could track back to foreign countries uh, and spammers. And bots, and, and, yeah, bots that uh, Microsoft, by the way, uh, uh, produced, and the Russians and the Republicans all embraced those bots yep. because they, they could just steal out a single line of hate uh, not not even related to the com- the comments that you may have posted yourself. No, they're just and, trying and, to tear uh, our country apart. That's what's going on, Larry. Yeah, but uh, again, this is big business that was doing this, and so you have have the companies like Yahoo, uh, YouTube, um, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those things are ac- actually um, tilted in favor of Republicans. And I, I was mainly on Yahoo and ABC News, and when ABC News cut me out, I went to Yahoo, and. Every time I've had a conversation with a Republican, uh, I can almost say 100 percent of the time I beat them in debate. And uh, so when you sit back and you see what what the um, Republican Party is trying to do right now in eliminating debate, they have been noticing the same trend that I've been noticing, that Republicans lose debate and they lose badly. Well, what's happened, Larry, is that Americans have figured out that trickle-down economics was a scam and that, you know, it wasn't raining. We were being peed on. Uh, Americans have figured out that tax cuts for rich people don't cause them to suddenly want to give raises to their employees. Uh, American people have figured out that adding more pollution to the planet uh, does not somehow magically help our country. And all of these scams that the Republicans back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s were saying, these are our brilliant new ideas, were just scams. And they've got nothing. they got nothing other than hatred and bigotry. And so what I have been noticing over these 18 years is I've noticed that the, um, they have been continuously uh, degrading the debate from, uh, from when I first started calling right up until uh, 2020 when Donald Trump only had one debate. And so the, the, the next uh, logical step would be have zero debates. Right. So they, they have most of, the in, most of the media, and they're not allowing anybody to go on the media and debate the things that they're, the garbage that they're printing in, in the news uh, papers and on, on TV and television programs. You can't debate them there. They're getting rid of the debates, the political debates, and now they're, they're, they're basically dividing this country into a group of people who have a voice in America and, and right-wingers. Uh, they just added two more right-wing uh, cable programs that all they do is talk hate, and, and the Democrats don't recognize why Biden's numbers are going down. Yeah. No, I, the I, I, media I, environment changed when Biden became president. And those yes. guys, all they do is talk hate all day to the point where people that I know who don't even look at them, that, that propaganda is feed, getting into their minds. And I hear them saying some of the same garbage that the right-wingers are saying. Yeah, I'm with you. Larry, this this show, you know, I've been doing this program for 18 years, and, and the signature of my program for probably the first 15 years that I was on the air was that on a regular basis, I mean, typically we would do it at least two or three times a week, 
I would have a conservative on and I would debate them. I debated Mark Morano about climate change. You know, I, I, debated, I debated Stuart Rhodes, the guy, the founder of the Oath Keepers, uh, repeatedly on this program like 10 years ago about, you know, what does the Constitution really mean and what is sovereignty? And I mean, you know, we used to actually have reasonable conversations. Um, I thought I won a lot of them. I, you know, I'm sure they thought they won some of them. But now I can't even get conservatives to come on the show anymore. They're just, well, they're you, just like, you, you know, no, no, not going to do it. Yeah, if you talk about um, the value of the dollar, the stock market, the gains that Republicans versus Democrats see, job gains, recessions, deficits, debt, death, unemployment, if, if, if you're just limiting it to the big main issues, they can't win a single one of those, those uh, yeah. debates. No, you're, you're and absolutely I would get right. on there on a regular basis and I would just eat their lunch. Yep, yep. Larry, I got to move along, so but thanks for the call. Uh, keep up the great work. You are an example to everybody. This is the, you know, we all should be doing what Larry's been doing, and God bless you. You're doing great work. Paul in Lexington, North Carolina. Hey, Paul, you're in Madison Cawthorn country, aren't you? The problem is this Representative Hot Wheels carrying around guns and everything and espousing that, that women should train their sons to be monsters, et cetera, et mm -hmm. cetera. Uh, he's basically telling women to train their, their sons to go to prison because they're going to wind up murdering people and they're going to wind up where they belong if they turn them into monsters. And they, I'm sitting right here, it feels like Fort Apache because me and my wife are Democrats and we're just surrounded by public nut jobs who are Trumpists. And the only thing that I can get through to a few of them is this. I've had several of them tell me, well, if we do have a dictatorship, I would want Trump as the dictator. But what they don't understand, what I put through to a few of them, is I don't know of any dictatorship in the world that allows their total population to be armed as thick as this one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if he does become dictator sooner or later, he's going to demand the guns. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that's, that's an interesting, because, yeah, probably... <laughs> Amazing. Mark. All these gun-loving people don't think about that. Even the ones that told me if they wanted a dictator, they would prefer Trump to be dictator. They don't understand there's no dictatorship that's going to allow millions and millions and millions of guns allowed to the populace. So he would probably come up with something, oh, it's about Antifa or the Democrats, and require everyone to turn in their guns. And that's when you'll really have a civil war. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Mark, thank you. Keith in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hey, Keith, what's on your mind today? I heard Kristen Sinema on the Senate floor, mm -hmm. and one of her big defenses of the filibuster, the 60% vote threshold, is that it prevents wild swings in important legislation passed by thin majorities. I'm, par I'm paraphrasing, but it was, a, it was a big point she had. I looked up her state to, to see, you know, the voter suppression laws passed in Arizona. They were passed by the thinnest majority in each chamber, one vote in the House and the Senate in Arizona. I wonder how many state chambers of the of the 19 states that have passed uh, voter suppression laws were passed by thin majorities. 100 percent of them, I guarantee you. All of them, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, she's she's just trying to put lipstick on a pig. She's 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 trying to play states person, uh, you know, uh, and and she's not. She's a she she's just not. And uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm. I'm always wary of the circular firing squad here, and I'm I'm uh, holding back some of my <laughs> some of my outrage just on that basis. But I, you know, this this is a person who has sold out. What you are looking at when you are hearing Kristen Cinema say this 
you are looking at a person who has sold out, who is now a wholly owned uh, subsidiary in all probability of a, of a, a relatively small group of right-wing billionaires who believe in libertarianism, who, who do not believe in, in the American democratic form of government, and who think that programs like Social Security and Medicare are socialism, and how dare we ask rich people to pay taxes to support you know, hungry poor people, poor people, uh, sick people, those kinds of things. And she's just, you know, she's sold out. And uh, there's, there's no other way to say it. Keith, I gotta move along, but thank you for the call. Johnny in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Johnny, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's on your mind? Well, I just have one thought on my mind with abortion. I think we ought to fight fire with fire. You know, this Texas arrangement that's going on is obviously not legal in the minds of the people that vote and live in our country. And abortion is a tough question. You know, I, I debate with it myself all the time. But since they've got this proposal to spend $10,000 for a vigilante, why don't we take a positive approach and say, you know, the opposite of that is let's do something to reward the decision of birth. Give them $20,000 if they decide to go through the doors of abortion, as long as they have the baby and then take it further by finding a home for it or getting the assistance yeah. to do that. There are actually nations that are incentivizing giving birth right now. Poland is doing it. Hungary is doing it. I believe Russia is doing it. I could be wrong. Um, because they're concerned that in particular their white populations are not reproducing at the same rate as the populations of color in their countries. These are uh, not even uh, thinly veiled, you know, racist Sticks that the, you know the programs that they're running, but there are countries that are doing that. But I, you know, I I I think that this whole idea of we're going to control women by offering them money or not, by offering them penalties or not, um, by by having vigilantes go after them or not, um, it all starts with uh, we and women, and that should that's the part that's so toxic. Women, women are half of humanity and should have the, the right and power and agency to do whatever the hell they want with their own body as long as it's their own body. And in my mind, you know, with, with you know, a, a, a fetus, that is very much the case until viability. Right. No, I agree. I agree 100 percent. It's just the atmosphere that we have today is so negative that things like this Texas idea are very, very pessimistic. They're they're not legal. They're the public. I don't believe would support that yeah. approach. Yeah, no, I don't. think The public doesn't. You know. It's very unpopular. Johnny, thank you for the call. Mazelle in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Mazelle, what's up? Hi, Tom. Uh, I was calling because I said that I believe that t parents, mom, dad guardian, grandma, grandpa, need to really start talking to their um, kids, especially their daughters. Um, gone soon will be the days that this keeps going of students, especially female students, having uh, talks with their teachers and conf uh, confidentiality about that, you know, they don't, we can't tell. They, they can't have do it in Texas. You know, by, by law in Texas, teachers can't even mention birth control pills. 
But here's the thing. Teachers can't mention, and not all teachers teach um, sex ed. Usually that used to be just to the point of physical uh, education teachers go ahead and teach sex ed. Um, And then you have, you know, in other states you have to get permission. But my thing is, is that that never stops the student from coming in during the teacher's lunch break and say, I have a problem. And the thing is, once that problem gets mentioned, then that teacher is liable with that information of to go ahead and conduct the office. So in Texas, if they do find out, then they they know it's like, well, did that person, did that student come to terms with the pregnancy? Did you know she or he went and and, uh, supported abortion? Then that teacher in that school. I get it. Mazelle, I'm sorry. I'm out of time, but I get it. Thank you. You're right. Patrick in East Lansing, Michigan. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind today? Uh, consistent with what you've been talking about for a very long time, I was hoping you'd look at Michael Doran's paper from the U- University of Virginia Law School Tax Institute. He calls it the great American retirement fraud, and he points out that we've increased for 25 years how we subsidize retirement accounts, IRAs. And both parties have gotten on this bandwagon starting under Clinton in 96. And he points out that while both parties say that this is to assure retirement income security for all workers, and that's how it was sold, it's done nothing of the sort. And we're now spending $380 billion to mainly subsidize the rich 10% top income earners who have quadrupled how much they shelter under these extended IRA protections. Yeah, like the Roth IRA tax. things. Yeah, I, I'm with you, yeah. Patrick. I've, I've always thought that the, the whole IRA thing was a scam. And frankly, I think it was a scam that was put into place in the 80s as a way of trying to push out Social Security. That was where I wanted to go, Tom, because I have so many Democratic friends who work to elect Democrats who jump on this bandwagon to solve the long-term solvency of Social Security. And they say we need to increase the retirement age. We need to be fiscally um, aware and have austerity because that's the only way to protect it. And what Michael Duran said, who used to work at the IRS and was a top tax official, is take this money and use it to secure Social Security. Yeah, or just, or just tax people who make more than 150000 bucks or $40,000 a year for Social Security. Let, let the billionaires pay the same amount you and I do, Patrick. Patrick, i got to run, but thanks so much for the call. Tag, you're it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.